Welcome to another episode of the Childhood Evolved podcast. I'm your host, Teacher Alex. This show is all about continuing to evolve the state of childhood forward. And it really wasn't that long ago that the state of childhood wasn't even considered to exist at all. And it's been brought into existence, been spoken into existence, and it's moved forward one step at a time, not by accident, but because people have pushed it forward and helped it evolve and haven't given up on it. My name is Alex, and I'm a preschool teacher. And throughout the course of my career, I've just come up with so many different questions as I work with children, teach them, care for them, observe them. These questions bubble to the surface, and I can't tell you that after all these years, I have a whole bunch of answers about things to offer. Really, what I have to offer is more questions and the understanding that conversations emerge from these questions, conversations with parents, with other teachers, with experts, and conversations with myself. And what comes out of these conversations, what can come out is a deeper and more rich, more nuanced understanding of things. So when you're looking at all the experts that are out there, especially today, it's 2019, there's a ton of information, a ton of so-called expertise, and how do you know who to listen to and how to sort all of this out? And so when I bring things up here on my show, I'm trying to start a conversation and provide a new point of view or an interesting, different, possibly different way to think about the things that you're dealing with every day, whether you're a parent, whether you're a teacher yourself. So I started off my last episode by apologizing for taking 10 days or a couple weeks off or something like that. And here it is, and a whole month has gone by, or even more since that episode was published. So once again, I do have to apologize for taking a little bit of time off. And after doing those episodes on transitions in the summer and, and all the changes going on at work and in my personal life, and thinking about how those impact children and adults. I've just realized I'm in a few of my own transitions. It's it's summer to fall. There's things going on at school and, and so forth. And all of that can just make it a little harder to have the energy to come home to record a new episode. And I feel like I've talked a lot about this over the summer, over the things that I've wanted to say for a while, things that have been bubbling around for a while. And now I'm in the position of thinking about new topics or new things to bring up and talk about on the show. And I've kind of been kicking that around a little bit and deciding what direction to go in or, or what kind of topics to bring up. So for example, gender diversity is, is a big one for me in early childhood and teaching. And even personally, I mean, I identify as non-binary and it's something that can be tricky to work with with children because they don't there as much as this is an emerging understanding and people are becoming more literate with gender and pronouns and things like that, children are at the age where they're just learning to categorize things, shapes, colors, all of that. And it's it's really tricky, but it, it's a good kind of tricky. It's really super interesting. And it's something I definitely want to delve into more on the show. Um, not quite yet, just kind of putting it out there. And that, that's one example of something that I'm, I'm kicking around and getting ready for you guys. And so this weekend, I was actually reading a novel. The novel is called 4321 by Paul Oster. A little off topic here, but I it's a great book. I recommend it. The concept is following this boy as he grows up, and there's four different kind of paths. So it does chapter one, and he's a little little boy. And then chapter 1.2, it's an alternative 
kind of reality, and then 1.3, 1.4. So there's these four diverging stories, and it's super interesting to read this book because you see how things are the same and how things are different in each one of the stories. Anyway, go check that out if it's something that sounds interesting to you. Not totally tied in or related to the show, but it, it's been on my mind. And this weekend, I read this really cool quote in the book. And the, the, the kid in the book, who's in college by this point, is, is getting advice on his writing. He's an author. And he gets this advice, which is to learn everything you possibly can and then to forget all of it. That Forget everything you possibly can. And then the things that you still remember that you can't forget, those are the foundation of your work. And that when I read that, I was like, wow, this is really where I'm at in my career is learning about myself and what are the things that are foundational to me in my work and central to me in my work in general, because there's there's a thousand things that go on every day in preschool and in any job, I'm sure. And there's things you care about a lot. There's things that you care about less, whether you're not good at them, whether or not your strengths or whatever. And I mean, just to give an example, like I'm really, really big on health and safety. And I'm pretty good with knowing the laws here in California and knowing best practices on even the little things like, like choking. I know I've done a lot of research over the years on the best way to cut the grapes and carrots and little things like that. But people don't think about these things. And having been around for a while, I've seen kids choke on like grapes. Grapes are a big one. You got to cut those grapes in half or you have to be ready to jump you know, jump into action in Heimlich because they're really easy to get stuck. And so I, I go around work and I kind of hang up this little picture of how to cut things. And people are like, okay, whatever, like we'll do it. We'll cut them. But it's not something that was necessarily on their mind. I'm just, that's something that's really important to me at work. And what's really cool, and I'm assuming any workplace, is that the different talents people bring to the table kind of balance everything out so you're hitting the big picture there. There's things that I'm not as good at or that I'm that aren't as important to me. I mean, those things can go together. The things that aren't that important to you, you might not practice that as much, and so therefore you're not good at them. I'm not really as good with the whole group of children, with like 30 children. I can play guitar, and they love it. They'll dance around, and if it's like time to talk to them, give them information about something and keeping their attention, that's something that some teachers are so good at, and it's not. I'm not really that great at it. And I don't really, it's not my natural mode to talk to children in a huge group. And I don't totally believe that that's the best format to do it. So it, it, they kind of tie together. I'm not that great at that part of things because it's not the part that I really super duper care about. Lately, I found myself kind of in this process of asking what's important to me at work in my day-to-day -day life as a teacher and getting ready to do more episodes for the podcast and to figure out what are the things I really care about that I want to talk about. And to you as a parent, there's things that are really important to you or as a teacher and things that aren't as important. And so this this got me thinking about the very first episodes I did on how to choose a great school. And I'm wondering if they didn't really start at the very beginning of the journey that a parent takes to find a good school. And so I was talking to my sister a couple weeks ago. She was looking for a school to enroll my nephew where they are is uh, in Rhode Island on the East Coast. I'm here on the West Coast in LA, Los Angeles. So she was looking at a program and I asked her about the star rating because I remember from teaching in Rhode Island they have a five-star rating system that they give the schools. And so she's looking at this program that has two stars. And I'm thinking what I remember is it's it's not that hard to get the five stars. And like anything else, you 
people come out and observe you, you're going to be doing your best behavior. You're going to have everything clean and all of that. So to get to is, is a little bit like, hmm, like what's going on here kind of thing. So I tried to steer her towards something that was a little bit higher quality. Um, of course, affordable with a good schedule, all of that. And we talked a little bit about why she wanted care at this time, because I'm thinking there's some great half-day programs. There's some great parent co-ops where you can go participate in the school and be with your with your child. And she was talking about socializing and giving him the chance to learn to play with a lot of other children before he gets older and goes to full-time preschool or kindergarten or whatever. And so then we talked about our conversation turned towards more talking about getting enough hours in a day so that she can go off and work. And so finding a good program that offers enough hours, that's got a good star rating and accreditation and things like that. There, there's a lot that goes into the into the decision to pick a school. And so she did end up getting accepted into an amazing program. And my nephew, he's going to start there in a few weeks. But it, it kind of brought to my mind this recurring, it's really a recurring question that bubbles up a lot for me in my work, which is like, what's the point of preschool? What are our goals? What are we doing here? And I found that if you ask five or 10 teachers, what, why this is important? Why is early childhood education important? What are we doing here? You're going to get five or 10 different answers. And depending on who's running the school, whether it's a director or an owner, whether it's nonprofit, for-profit, you're going to get different reasons that people are doing this in the first place. And so out of that, you're going to get programs that Maybe similar in some ways, but very, very different in other ways. So one area that I've always been pretty clear for me that isn't the reason I'm here doing this and isn't the reason that this really all exists, preschool in the first place, is getting kids ready for later school. I mean, originally kindergarten was developed as an optional, half-day, kind of play-based, just introductions where the kids aren't, aren't completely shocked when they go into elementary school. And it's just really, really changed since then to become more and more academic and more about learning and, and play has just dropped almost completely or, or totally completely depending on the school. And this isn't because we've learned more in the last 50 plus years about how children learn or what is best. Not at all. I mean, the U.S. is somewhere in the 20s or the 30s in ranking for different academic things. I can't remember the exact numbers, but we're down there on the list. And there's countries like Finland who are in the top one or two or three whether you're looking at math or reading or whatever, they're, they're on top and they don't do anything academic at all till children are seven. And so kindergarten has gotten really, really cuckoo in America for no, re for no reason other than this is just, we're doing it this way because we do it this way. And these are the laws and these are the rules and it's not good for children. And so to design preschool, to make our, to base our decisions off of getting re children ready for kindergarten, it's just kind of, really nuts when you look at it from that approach. And even preschool itself is something that has emerged, not because one day somebody woke up and said, oh, children need preschool. We need to put everyone in preschool. Didn't really evolve that way. It evolved through parents increasingly having two parents go to work and not having one parent at home with the children. Things have changed and evolved in a lot of good ways in our society. And children are spending a lot more time in preschool as a natural result of that. And so it is possible to kind of work backwards and to say, well, now we have all these kids in preschool, so let's talk about all the ways that it's super duper important that they're here and they're going to learn all these skills and pre-reading and, and they're going to learn to sit still and listen and regulate their emotions. And there's 100 or 200 things on a checklist that we can say are really important. And thank God they're here because how did people possibly get by for like, what, 10,000 years of human history 
without this preschool situation, which is really, for most kids, for most people, it's a really relatively recent thing that's happening that kids are spending all this time in, in preschool. And they've done studies that show that preschool isn't really beneficial or harmful necessarily in and of itself. It's just what kids are doing now. They used to be home with their one parent, and now they're in preschool, and there's there's things that are better, things that are worse, and overall it's just, it's kind of okay. It's kind of, it is what it is. And our job as preschool teachers and people in the field is to really do our best for these children, to take care of them, to meet their needs, to support them, to help them grow. And every child is going to grow at a different rate and kind of maybe in a different direction. There's, there's such a wide variation of what's considered typical or normal in the early years in terms of behavior, in terms of skills, capabilities, whether you're talking academics or socially or physically. And so there's, there's such a wide variation in what any child's particular path is going to be. And so we do want to keep the demands of kindergarten kind of in the back of our mind and know what, what it is they're going off to next. But we can't base everything around that and miss this bigger picture of helping each and every child grow from where they are to the next logical step for them. And if whatever's the next logical step for a two or three-year-old or four-year-old doesn't somehow make sense with kindergarten or public school, well, the problem is really with the schools and not with the child or with the way if someone's doing things in a developmentally appropriate way in preschool, and all of a sudden you have this program when they're five in kindergarten or six even nowadays, children turning six in the fall, and kindergarten is something that happens quite a bit due to red shirting, which is keeping them back, which is a whole not that's a whole nother topic we can do an episode on maybe later on. But the point is the role in preschool is really to meet each child where they are and help them grow to their next logical step. And it's it's a hard job because children are all over the place in terms of their development and just in terms of who they are as people and, and what's important to them. This is something that's starting to emerge right away when they're born and when they're two and they're three, they're very different people. And it's a tough job to take care of 10 or 20 or 40 of them and to figure out all these different needs and meet them. And there's no possible way to boil it all down to some kind of checklist that's going to get them ready for a public school or even a private school situation. And so I know parents get very anxious about all of this because they want their child to succeed, not to fall behind. If they're trying to get into a private school, the pressure can be even greater, especially if your child has any sort of special need. Or depending on the private school you're looking at, the pressure could be less because maybe the program's designed to meet children where they're at developmentally. And so it's, it's kind of less worrisome. They take kids where they're at meet them where they're at and aim to give them a great experience period without worrying so much about standardized tests and checklists and things like that. So my advice is just to try and relax a little bit if you can. Children and humans in general are able to adapt to a wide variety of environments. I've seen so many children getting ready to graduate from preschool and everyone's all worried that they're not ready, they're they're not going to thrive, it's going to be a disaster when they get to kindergarten except they just thrive. They just thrive in the new environment. They rise to the challenge. They do what they got to do. So they learn how to sit still and listen and all of that when they need to, really, when they're five or six. And even if, and maybe especially if, we're not making them start practicing when they're two or three. So that's really it for today. Keep all of this in mind, whether you're choosing a school to begin with, evaluating the current school where you're at now, or trying to advocate for change in your school, or 
change for your child or if you're just trying to chill out a little bit and not let this stuff stress you out in a super big way. So that's it. Um, I can't tell you exactly when I'll be back for another episode. I'm, I'm going to work on getting back up to speed and making them more regular. But like I mentioned, I'm also trying to really ask myself, what are the things that are super duper important that I want to talk about so that each episode really is meaningful and, and special and isn't just like, I don't ever want to get in the pattern of just trying to make a weekly episode and just coming up with something because a week has passed. I like to this point, every episode here, whether it's a month has passed or a week, it's because it's just been something on my mind and I had to get it out. Today, I wasn't even planning on doing an episode. I was driving home from hanging out at the coffee shop and I have a concert to go to like now-ish. I have to get in the car and go. And I just had this topic that I was just ready to talk about and that needed to happen right now. And I was ready to record. And so I'm going to hopefully get into kind of a routine where that happens more often. That's my goal. But either way, you'll see me when you see me. You'll hear me when you hear me. And Certainly, if there's something you want to hear about, please reach out and let me know what it is you want to hear about. And that would be great motivation to me, too, to know that there's someone out there with a burning question or a topic that just really wants to hear what I have to say or what I can offer on it. That would be great. So if that's the case, let me know. And if not, I will see you next time.